Terms apply. Your home of the fans and the best fans coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart radio station. Mr. Crowley, what went on in your head? That sexy, rippling Tongan flag bear was back for the Olympics. That guy is shirtless more than Emily Radijakowski. Clearly, I'm not Mark Madden. I'm also not Tim Benz, which isn't always quite clear. I'm Adam Crowley from ESPN Pittsburgh. If you like my takes, hit me up on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. If you think my takes stink, then you can send all the complaints to at Tim Benz PGH. Tim and I might sound alike, but Tim uses the Syracuse University vocabulary. I use the WVU broadcast school vocabulary. It chants, chants. Shouldn't take you long to see the difference. My show on ESPN Pittsburgh is on from 4 until 7. Madden, of course, is on from 3 until 6. So me filling in might not make a lot of sense unless Madden is never coming back and the fine folks at iHeartMedia Pittsburgh are giving me a seat. Okay, that's not happening. Rob Rossi's filling in for me today, so maybe I can drop Madden's ratings low enough today that my ratings look better by comparison. Sabotage! Real talk, though. When Mark comes back, listen to my show during commercial breaks and from 6 o'clock until 7 because I'm better than the B team. Art Rooney II spoke to the DVE Morning Show yesterday, and it's clear that Ben Roethlisberger wants to play beyond his current contract, which means Ben wants to play more than two years, which means that the Steelers have that much time to win Lombardi number 7. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter.com say that the Steelers don't need to pay Le'Veon Bell big money because... Neither the the Patriots or the Eagles had a running back making big money. They both did the running back by committee thing. Just because the Pats and Eagles didn't have an expensive running back doesn't mean the Steelers need to let Le'Veon Bell walk. Does that mean if you win the World Series with a bunch of singles hitters, you shouldn't sign a guy who has pop? You can win the NBA title with post-up big men, but if a great shooter's on the market, you don't sign him? You win with defense and goaltending in hockey, but you don't sign the great goal scorer that's out there on the market. There are a lot of ways to win in sports. Just because the Eagles and the Patriots didn't pay a running back doesn't mean the Steelers should follow their route. Because here's a dirty little secret. Ben Roethlisberger, that guy that you need to see here in Pittsburgh in order to win a championship, was very pedestrian the last couple of years until Le'Veon Bell turned things up. When the Steelers were 4-5 and five two years ago, they gave the ball to Bell a bunch down the stretch. He averaged 147 yards a game. When the Steelers got on a roll after their 3-2 and two start, it's because Bell averaged 126 yards a game. Ben was terrible early this year. Ben was turnover-prone early the year prior. When Ben's at his best, it's because Bell has been great in the running game and in the passing game. That way, Ben doesn't have to play hero, and that's when he's at his best. The Steelers should sign Bell to an extension. The team is better when he's playing well. Just look at the numbers. Look at the facts. Can the Steelers get that production from a running back by committee approach? I'm not sure. You can say that, but if you say that, you're not sure either. As a GM, I would much rather be in the sure thing business than I'd want to be in the let's see if we can cobble this together business. I want to know that I'm going to be able to get that production because here's the reality Ben hasn't been as good the last few years unless Bell was playing at the top of his game. Maybe 
the Steelers could get the same production from a stable of backs. But maybe is the key word. The Steelers have until Ben retires to have a legitimate shot at a Super Bowl. And after that, might as well be the Dark Ages. We have no idea what will become of that team. The Steelers need to do what they can to win with Ben right now. Maybes and what ifs, that ain't going to cut it. 412-333-WXDX, 412-333-9939. There's this notion that the Steelers can use the money to help out on the defensive side, but if the Steelers aren't going to spend big money on... They're not going to spend big money on that side of the ball in free agency. They tried last year with Donta Hightower, but they're unwilling to outbid teams. Free agency is a dangerous pool to swim in. You have to overpay, or you pay a guy like Mike Mitchell, who's a second-tier free agent. That's the route the Steelers would go, so who's to say that the guy they brought in would be that big of an upgrade? You go with what you know. Le'Veon Bell makes Ben better. Le'Veon Bell makes the offense go. Spend all the draft picks on the defensive side. Cut bait with Mike Mitchell. The corner situation isn't as bad as people think. They just need time to grow. And a rookie on the back end, I have a lot more faith, would be able to replace Mitchell as opposed to running back by committee being able to replace Le'Veon Bell. If the playoffs did show me anything, if there was a lesson to be learned, it's that you can outscore teams to win. Keeping Le'Veon gives the Steelers the best chance to be able to do that. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That's C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. Dale Lawley, the editor. And Steelers writer for DKPittsburghSports.com will join me at 4.15 today to discuss. I've also got a theory as to why the defensive line coach title was stripped from John Mitchell to make him the more full-time assistant head coach. More on that coming up at 4.30. Penn's in Dallas tonight. And what I've been told by a Twitter follower is the most important game of the year. Spoiler alert, it's not. Although they are all important from here on out. Here's what you should expect from the Penguins' top six tonight. Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Haglin, Malkin, Kessel. Dominic Simone was moved to the fourth line. It appears as though he's turned back into a pumpkin. Mark said yesterday on the show that the Penguins' stars need to carry them to their third straight Stanley Cup because the Penguins don't boast the depth that they've had over the last two years. I'll agree and disagree there. When healthy, the Penguins could put Phil Kessel on the third line, which is what I'd prefer. He's a star. Hell, he's second in the National Hockey League in points. But having a star on your third line does give the Penguins depth. Not to mention with Sherry and Hornquist healthy and the addition of another forward maybe at the deadline, that could push Brian Rust back to the fourth line and that would create further depth. Here's the problem, though. Penguins aren't healthy. Although they do expect Sherry to be back at some point this weekend, as long as the Penguins don't have their health, I'm okay loading up the top two lines and telling the Stars to keep this thing rolling. Haglund's benefited greatly from playing alongside Malkin. He's got 11 points in the last 12 games. Yeah, that's right. Carl Haglund. I've got better hands than him. 11 points, 12 games. Put him with Malkin, see what happens. This after being really a speed skater and nothing else for most of the season. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette will hop on today at 3.30 to give us all the latest from Dallas. He just wrote a great story about Matt Murray being a terrific person, and it's got to suck for Murray right now. It is dad's trip, and his father just passed away. 
I feel for him, man. I really do. We'll talk to Mackie about that coming up at 3.30. Today at 4, it pains me to admit it, but Gary Bettman got something right. Phil Kessel, second in the National Hockey League in points. That guy, winning the Art Ross, would be an inspiration for the everyman. Because Phil Kessel's not fat. He's pleasantly plump. He's big bone. He's skinny fat, lumpy, husky, chubby. But he's American, through and through. Here's a fact. Phil Kessel looks like everybody. He looks like the everyday average American. Because he is the everyday average American. I'm pulling for that guy. The quirky one. The guy who probably got picked on a little bit in high school. The guy who mumbles. The one with bad breath. That guy. That's me. So I'm rooting for me to win the scoring title. 412-333-WXDX. That's 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, Sid can't put the damn puck in the net. Neither can one of the kids. I'll tell you why I think that changes next. Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden on your home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big fan. You get a bunch of dorks, dinks, and twits. Is this Mark Madden? My mouth is watering just talking about it. The X at 105.9. Man, that Jimmy Garoppolo's really attractive. Oh, my God, the mic was on. Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden here on 105.9 The X. He's also rich. I'd do some stuff to... Never mind. Sidney Crosby stinks. When's this guy going to get goal number 400? Having more skilled linemates might help, even though Sid's been racking up the points, he still hasn't been scoring goals. Dominic Simone, a couple months from now, we might look back and kind of look at him as a Brian Gibbons type. Someone who fit for a bit, but eventually just turned back into a 4A type player. Someone who fit for a bit, but couldn't cut the mustard. He doesn't really fit anywhere, does he? You'd think he has more of a top six skill set at the minor league level, but he doesn't really fit as a top six guy at the National Hockey League level. So tonight, Jake Gensel is back with Sidney Crosby, just like he was for the end of the Vegas game. Gensel's got just four goals in his last 28 games. That is awful. He had 12 in his first 27. He's had great chemistry with Sid in the playoffs. He had great chemistry with Sid in the preseason this year. This will get him going. And hey, maybe it'll help 87 score a damn goal. 412-333-9939 is the number. That doesn't change with Mark gone. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That does. If you don't like my takes, again, at Tim Benz PGH. Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette going to join me at the bottom of the hour to discuss all things Penguins. Of course, I kid about Sid. He's got 25 points in 2018, but only three goals. That's just one more goal than Ryan Reeves has in the year of our Lord, 2018. Jamie Alexiak makes his return to Dallas tonight to face his former mates. Well, teammates, what he does off the ice is his business. I had Jesse Marshall of The Athletic on my show yesterday. He's tremendous. He said that Alexiak was one of the worst defensemen in the National Hockey League when he played for Dallas. Now he's been great for the Penguins. How many times have we seen that big dude leading the rush? He can skate. He's got great reach. He's been superb. The Pens have had a knack for finding disasters on the back end and turning them into success stories here in Pittsburgh. 
Justin Schultz really was the defense, the worst defensive player in the league when the Penguins brought him in. And last year, he finished 10th in the Norris Trophy voting. Trevor Daly was awful in Chicago. Awful. As Jesse Marshall put it yesterday, he didn't know what he was doing out there. It wasn't a system fit. It was a disaster. That guy played out of his mind in 2016 against the Washington Capitals when Chris Letang was suspended, and he was the first guy that Crosby handed the cup to. GMJR gets a lot of credit, and hell, why shouldn't he? He's built the last two Stanley Cup winners, but he should get more credit for finding these diamond-in-the-rough defensemen. Hell, even Ben Lovejoy. When he traded to pray for Lovejoy, fans and media were questioning whether Rutherford was senile. Hell, even Rutherford wound up questioning whether or not he was senile after that. But Lovejoy wound up being a big piece in the 2016 Cup run as well. The list goes on and on. Ian Cole was a first-round pick who didn't work out in St. Louis. He was a healthy scratch at times. He's been excellent here. And I suppose you can say that Rutherford's done a really good job of finding guys who are fits, and Mike Sullivan's done a really good job of working them into the system. Jim Rutherford's the defenseman whisperer. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. John G tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Wow, you really know how to make people change the dial. That's the kind of stuff you got to direct to Benzie. Make Benz think that you think that he's hosting the show. I don't need negativity. Get enough of that at home. That wasn't nice. That was a cheap shot. Cheap shot at the wife. Love you, baby. With Ben in the fold for three more years, as Art Rooney II thinks, the focus needs to be on the now. That means not investing in a maybe player, but having sure things. That means keeping Le'Veon Bell around. That means keeping Martavis Bryant around. You keep all the offensive weapons in, pay- in place. Bring back Le'Veon. Bring back Martavis. The Steelers got rid of Todd Haley in order to get Ben here, but they also did so to help the offense maintain a level of consistency. When it comes to the draft, the Steelers should not be looking for projects. They shouldn't be looking for guys who are going to help a couple of years down the road. No, they should be looking for players who are going to come in and contribute right now. Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Javon Hargrave, TJ Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cam Sutton, they all fit that bill. Draft players who can help now. Keep his offensive core around him. Because the window's closing, and nobody knows what's coming afterwards. In fact, look at what happened yesterday with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe the first time basketball's ever been talked about on the Mark Madden show. They've won seven of their past 20 games, and they need to keep LeBron there. The Steelers did not play well against Jacksonville. They lose. They got to make sure Ben doesn't say, you know what, I'm done. So they say, goodbye, Todd Haley. You do what you can to keep the guy here, and then you do what you can to make him successful. And the Cavs have added things around LeBron that they think make him want to stay for next year and they think can make him successful this year. The Steelers need to do the same thing for Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers need to do the same thing by keeping Le'Veon Bell, keeping Martavis Bryant. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. One of the things that Art Rooney II said on the DV Morning Show yesterday is that He'd like the NFL to review what a catch is. Hot take, baby. Yeah, no doubt. Nobody knows. I'm going to fix it right here. Here's what a catch is. For me, and it'll simplify everything. When you get two feet down, 
you have control, and you turn, boom, that's a catch. Easy. My man Jesse James catches the ball, two feet turn, catch. Forget the goal line. Don't treat the goal line differently. It's just another yard line. Don't change the rules around the goal line. Catch the ball, two feet down, turn, boom. No football move, no nonsense, just a turn. A turn ain't that hard to figure out. Football move, eh. A turn, though. Well, a turn's a turn. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. 412. Whoops. I'm going to give the wrong number. Got all confused there. At underscore Adam Crowley on Twitter. Tim Benz tweets, I don't like Adam Crowley's takes. Madden producer should turn off your microphone. If you did, could I leave? If Bob turned off the microphone... Oh, oh no! Damn it, Bob. Damn it, Benz. Next week, when Benzie's in here filling in, I'm going to get him. Because I know exactly where he'll be. Let me try to give the right number this time. 412-333-WXDX. 412-333-9939. Who are you rooting for to win the scoring title? I love Sidney Crosby. I love Evgeny Malkin. They've made my life... Enjoyable during the summer times. Something the Pirates don't do. Crosby, you go back to the last two seasons, won the Conn Smythe. 09, Evgeny Malkin won the Conn Smythe. The Penguins have given me endless joy. I'm a Penguins fan just like Mark is. As much as I love them, I can't relate to them the way I can relate to Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is me. Phil Kessel is you. Phil Kessel makes me giggle every time he whips one past the goalie because it looks like my dad whipping one past the goaltender. And you know what? He got treated like bleep in Boston, which probably actually says something good about the character of Phil Kessel. And he got treated like bleep in Toronto. He was undervalued there. His coach in Toronto said all he does is score goals. Yeah, right. Like, that's a problem. Idiot. I like to root for people who don't get given the credit that that they deserve. I like to root for people who you wouldn't expect a lot out of. I like to root for me. Phil Kessel's me. Coming up next... Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette, live from Dallas. He covers the Pens, will be joining me here on the program. It's Adam Crowley, filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. This is Phil Kessa of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden, the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Adam Crowley filling in for the best hockey talk here on 105.9 The X. We'll live up to the standard, though, certainly, because Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins me now on the show. Mac Daddy, how are you? I'm doing well, man. The standard is the standard, huh? It is. Good use of a Tomlinism. Mackie, how will Alexiak be received in comparison to how Flurry was received the other night, tonight? Well, I feel like we're just warming up, right? I mean, the Flurry was like the opening act compared to, to Jamie Alexiak. So, no, no, I'm, I'm joking with that, Adam. Um, he, he will be received just fine. I'm not sure it would be a primary story in tonight's game. Um, I, I think Jamie Alexiak was a fine player. 
in Dallas, but he wasn't a complete player. Um, he may have not even been a very good player. And he's come to Pittsburgh, and I think he's shown some signs very quickly. These past couple of games, I get that he's been a plus player, I think, in like five or six straight. But, um, you know, to me, I, I, I still see more from Alexiak, and I think the Penguins do as well. So, I mean, he'll get a pop, um, not a huge pop, I wouldn't think. But the Penguins will be more thankful to him in their lineup. No doubt about it. I really liked what he's been able to bring to the table, the reach, the skating ability. The Penguins have a really, really good track record of bringing in project defensemen under Jim Rutherford and turning them around, huh, Jason? They do. And Mike Sullivan talked about this this morning. I thought it was quite interesting that you know he said basically there's no such thing as a perfect player. But what we like to do is sort of accentuate what this guy does well while we focus on what the guy doesn't do so well and help him improve. I know with Alexiak specifically, Sergei Gonchar has worked a lot with him on sort of his stick positioning and how he's thought the game. Um, his passing still needs a decent amount of work. It's hardly a finished product. I think that was the reason that he wasn't uh, more of a threat in Dallas. He's not the greatest pass, but if you're working with Gonchar every day, that's going to help. So they're just like little subtleties to their game. And you know, I, I think Justin Schultz is one of their greatest accomplishments mm. in terms of this. And I remember how they rebuilt Schultz basically saying, like, look, dude, we know you can play offense. Let's not talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about defense and how we improve that. And so that's what they did. They sort of zeroed in on his own zone play, um, how he read things, basically how he thought the game. It was a bit of a mental mess. But anyway, you see the wheels turning with Alexiak. All right, enough about Alexiak with Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Mackie, you wrote a really good piece about Matt Murray, who's obviously going through a very difficult time right now. He lost his father. It's the dad's trip for the Penguins, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't being the bright, smiley Matt Murray that we've all come to love, huh, this morning? Yeah, yeah, and I'll just, I can I can sort of retell the story of how I saw that going down. Um, and, you know, I'm sure all of us are kind of looking at this trip saying, like, oh, my goodness, there's not a better time to do this. And obviously they would have had to book it you know, months in advance. But anyway, so we walk out of the Penguins dressing room. I was actually a little bit late. I was talking to Jacques Martin, but um, we see all the dads to one side. I think, like, oh, crap. Does Matt have to walk through that mess of things? And sure enough, like, here comes Matt. I think uh, Dominic Simone just happened to be next to him and Jason Seidling from the Penguins, who had kind of, you know, like, helped coordinate with the Dallas Stars people, like, you know, that this was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Murray walks over this kid, and and I'm not going to lie to you, Adam. I was sort of choked up by it. I mean, I've got a little guy at home. Any parent that doesn't, you know, read that and and see that and and whatever, I mean, that's a big-time gesture. And um, I think it was Andy Perlman from the Penguins website was uh, standing next to me, and I just said, did he really just go out and give a stick voluntarily to a little kid with you know, you could very clearly tell that poor Will was was not in great shape. And uh, that just blew me away, man. I mean, it's a, a... I feel like I have a pretty good window into who Matt Murray is, and it's a you know I can't say I'm surprised by it. I'm just impressed by it. What a good human being, and it's it's ironic that it happened the same week as the flurry thing, where everybody's going bonkers over this great goalie. But you know what, Matt Murray's the same dude. And you know what, I'm happy you bring attention to that because you were up with Matt Murray uh, this summer, and you kind of have a better understanding of what a great guy that he actually is. And just saying that Mark Andre Fleury's a great guy doesn't mean that Matt Murray's any less of one. And saying Matt Murray is a great guy doesn't mean the same thing vice versa when it comes to Mark Andre Fleury. So thank you for making the distinction. Jason Mackey joining me, Adam Crowley here on the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 The X. Turning the page now, in the long run, I want to see Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel separated. 
But for the time being, Jason, I think that the best thing for the Penguins to do is have Gensel with Crosby and have Gino with Phil together. Is that what's best I for the group? Yep. Yep. I agree with you. And, you know, if, if Malkin and Phil get into a situation where they're kind of overpassing and get a little too cute, I don't think the Penguins are going to have any problem with separating the two of them. But right now, based on who's playing well and, and how to best construct their team, I agree with you. Now, beyond sort of these next couple of games, Adam, I, I would stick Gensel and Crosby together almost every day of the week. I mean, I would need a, I would really need compelled for a reason to separate the two of them. Um, Gensel, you know, talked yesterday about not having the greatest year, not being happy with his play. And I think one big way to change that, put him with Sid. Get him some confidence. Get him some shots. I mean, I would sit Jake down and tell him to shoot the buck at every opportunity. He's going to get a lot of them with Sid. Um, but you know what? Over time, I do agree with you too, Adam, that I, I think you need to find that three-line balance. If you're convinced that Riley Shane is going to be your 3C, that's fine. Um, but you need somebody to be in that third spot next to Kessel and make that third line productive. Now, you know, if that player scoring goals, great. But if he's great at facilitating, which I think is probably a little bit more Shane speed, I'm okay with that. But you just got to get production somehow from that third line long term. Is Connor Sherry expected back tonight? Yeah, he's gonna play. He was one of the first off of the skate, and yeah, he, he, he's fine. Sullivan just doesn't confirm those things. I don't think Rowney will though. He uh, he left the skate like halfway through. That's really weird to see. And then he wasn't in the room after. Didn't take a lot of extra work. I have a feeling the the foot or ankle or whatever's bugging him is, is going to prohibit him from going. I'd look for uh, Teddy Bluger to be in. I can't believe you're going to be there for Bluger's NHL debut, man. That's huge. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I just took out Bluger, man. That's not nice. That was not fair of me to do that. In fact, he's had a a very nice year thus far. 12 goals in 45 games down in Wilkes. So I think the fourth line, actually, Jason, could use a little punch, although Ryan Reeves, no pun intended, played very well the other night. He did. And you know what? I talked to Revo this morning, too. Um, and I, I like calling him that, and I don't care if people dislike it. But, you know, Ryan Reeves is actually a very, very good person. I know some people have some strong opinions about him playing hockey, but um, I, I'm still of the opinion that if he's on your team, if he's on your bench, he should be playing. Like him playing three minutes and 24 seconds a night is as much of an indictment on the coaching staff as it is Ryan Reeves. Like Ryan Reeves hasn't changed as a hockey player. You know, he is what he is, and you brought him in here. If you brought him in here and you think you can make this work, put him on the ice. If you don't, you put somebody in there that you think can help you. So uh, to your point, Adam, uh, he did play very well the other night. I think it was his third time over 10 minutes this season, something like that. And I've actually liked Reeves when he's played more. I feel like he gets more into the game. He's more effective. So, yeah, he's going to play tonight for sure. Um, this is, you know, I think this will be a good game for him. I think he stands up well against a team like Dallas. It'll be a big game for him on uh, Sunday going back to St. Louis. But um, play him, play him a lot, and, and see if you can get some offense out of him. Is there any doubt in your mind, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining me here, Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden, that Ian Cole is one of the Penguins' best defensemen? No. No. There's no doubt in my mind. He's been tremendous. He's been top four level good. Um, You know, I know he's playing sort of on a third pairing with Alexiak, and honestly, Adam, I think it's kind of changed some of the calculus with a trade for him. Earlier this season, they were, you know, looking at doing it fairly aggressively, and they kept having injuries that postponed it and postponed it and they couldn't really make a move and now Cole gets back into the lineup and he's playing terrific I mean whether it's offensively in his own zone killing penalties he's just been spectacular and right now if you take Ian Cole at his salary versus what you're getting out of Matt Hunwick or would get out of Chad Riedel or whatever I mean Cole is their best option 
he's probably the Penguins rental at this point. That's a way of looking at it. Like, they know they're not going to retain him. No, the relationship has not been perfect. But you know what? The guy's playing really good hockey, and it's tough to say no to that. In that aspect and the playing style, he reminds me of the Penguins' defense version of Patrick Hornquist. He does things that other guys just don't do. Yep, and that are universally respected, and that, to borrow a Mike Sullivan term, give the team some juice. Like, when he wears a slap shot, you think guys don't look at that and get charged up or think, like, okay, there's the bar. I have to at least meet the bar, if not go over. I mean, that. and Hornquist is the same way in front of the goal when he takes a cross-check to, like, the back of the neck <laughs> or something like that. I mean, these guys are contagious in how they play the game. Jason, I think Tristan Jari should be damn near untradeable. Is he? I believe so. I mean, Jim Rutherford told me, that a couple weeks ago, you know, I asked about the goaltender and said, you have a wealth of goaltenders. He's interested. And he said, no, absolutely not. So uh, I, you know, Jim could be lying. Uh, that would be a first time Jim has ever lied to me about something. I think the many other reporters can say the same thing. But, um, you know, that being said, Adam, I, I would look at it. I mean, I would look at trading Casey to Smith or Philip Gustafson or whomever, you know, like whoever can get you the most. If the Penguins truly feel like they need to add a third-line center, and the goalie is sort of the, the linchpin to do it, I would be okay with that. Um, you know, I, I get, kind of gives me the willies, I guess, trading Tristan Jari because, you know, Casey DeSmith was good for a little and then not so good for a little, and Gustafson's not going to be a, an NHL backup. So I guess if something happens to Murray, you know, if Jari stays, they're fine. But, um, yeah, I guess that would worry me a little bit. But, again, I, like, if it's not Jari, I, I would seriously consider, with the goaltending depth they have, looking at it. I just don't think that they are. Jason, from reading your work, it seems to me that the Penguins feel like they can have a guy like Cullen on the cheap, or Dad, as you call him, and maybe they aren't looking for that third-line center any longer. Yeah, I mean, those are the indications that I got over the past week, that they are sort of, they, they've warmed to Riley Shea, and uh, at least compared to what they would have to pay to get somebody like you know, John Gabriel Peugeot or, or Tyler Bozak, who I don't even, you know, was available at this point, or, a, you know, Hoffman, Broussard, all these names that get thrown around there. Um, you know, prices aren't cheap right now, and the Penguins don't have a perfect lot of assets. And what I mean by that is, like, Connor Sherry, if you're you're trading him, you're probably selling when the stock's low. He's not having a very good. You want to keep being Cole. Um, Carl Hagelin, I think, has more value to the Penguins right now with what he's helped Evgeny Malkin do. So what are you going to do? And I know a lot of people will post to me things like, oh, we'll just give up, you know, prospects and picks. Okay, well, the salary cap is a real thing. And, like, if a guy makes $5 bucks, you've got to send at least something close to that to get money in. So it's that's what I mean by kind of being an imperfect, imperfect equation right now. Um, so, you know, if I had to tell you something right now that I thought they were going to do, Adam, I, w- I would say they stay with Shane and they had a fourth-line center, and it's very likely Cohen. I've been pleasantly surprised with the play of Shane. I think he's been very good. Yeah, and you can deal with a little bit limited offense from your third-line center if you have, like, bonus wings. You know what I mean? Like, if right. you have wingers who can score, and maybe you get something from your fourth line. So, I mean, that's the way you're sort of addressing it. You bring in Cullen, you hope that he adds a little bit of a plus fourth line, and you have Phil Kessel as your third-line right wing. I mean, you can look at the third line is kind of an unnatural third line, but if Shane clicks with Kessel, then you're fine. I'll bring this up too, that we talk a lot about Kessel being a fit in the third, or Shane being a fit on the third line. Nick Bonino didn't get it right away either. No. Nick Bonino wasn't the greatest skater. 
Nick Bonino and Riley Sheehan are actually two very similar players. It just takes a little bit of time to play with Phil. He's weird to play with. He's demanding. Um, he doesn't have a real big, um, how do I want to say it? But, you know, he's, he's not exactly patient. And I don't mean that in a weird way or a, a demeaning way. It's just like he wants things the way he wants them and he wants them right now. And so it takes a little bit for guys. Last thing here quickly, Jason, and this is not fair to put on you quickly, but I'm going to. Most likely to win the scoring title, Gino, Crosby, or Phil, because that's the order I think it's most likely. Would you say Gino, Crosby, Crosby then Phil? Phil? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think, I originally, somebody asked me this and I went with Phil, but the way Crosby's been playing and as motivated as he looks, I'm just not ready to count out Sid. And I know that also sounds crazy with Gino, because you'll probably argue that he's going to win it. I just don't see this current goal-scoring pace as, um, as sustainable. And two, I mean, Gino always has that, like, five- or six-game lower-body injury, you know, right before the playoffs where he's going to, like, rest up. So if that happens numerically, it could be tough. And that's a great point, because Phil Kessel's not going to miss any time. Because if Phil no Kessel time. gets close to that scoring title, Phil Kessel's going to be avoiding the corner. I uh, really oh. appreciate the time, Jason. Uh, and I took out Kessel just there, and I took out poor Bluger earlier on in this segment. Thanks for the time, buddy. Anytime, pal. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Up next, and there'll be more hockey talk throughout the program, how Ben Roethlisberger affected the Steelers' coaching changes. It's Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. I am the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just a thought. What, what the hell are you talking about? The X at 105.9. I wish Elon Musk would have launched Tom Brady into space on that rocket. Oh, the mic was on. Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden here on 105.9 The X. This segment sponsored by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Man, sponsored segments on this show. It's almost like real radio. I didn't, I didn't just say that either. 412-333-WXDX. 412-333-9939. If you don't like my takes, pretend I'm Tim Benz. Tweet him at Tim Benz PGH. Actually, it'd be hilarious if a huge chunk of the audience tweeted at Tim right now and just calls him a bunch of names. Make it happen, people. I got some dude chirping at me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley, John G, who said, wow, it's clear that Adam Crowley was the last option for the show today. This guy's tweeted six times. And two of them have been today at me for not being as good as Mark. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Jason Mackey thinks that Sidney Crosby is the most likely Penguin to win the scoring title. And then he thinks Phil Kessel's more likely than Evgeny Malkin. I think that is going to be Sid. Or pardon me, Gino. I'd like it. To be Kessel. What do you think it's going to be? 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. Mackey's argument's a good one. About Phil. He's going to be the healthiest. Crosby gets nicked up. Malkin's going to go down for five or six games at some point. It always happens. And it always seems to happen right around playoff time. I think Sid is going to take off, but I have not seen the way... I have not seen Gino play this way maybe in a couple of years. He is taking off. 
He's second in the league in goals. I would imagine he gets to first before he starts to taper things down a little bit. The way he is playing right now, he could rack up so many points during this hot streak that it's going to be tough to catch him afterward. Your thoughts, 412-333-WXDX, 412-333-9939. Ben Roethlisberger's coming back for at least two more years, according to Steelers team president and owner Art Rooney II. That means I don't want to see large-scale changes. I wrote a blog on ESPNPGH.com after the Steelers season that Todd Haley had to go. In said blog, I said that the Steelers needed to hire an offensive coordinator from within. You don't want to start over on offense when you've only got a few years left to get a seventh Lombardi. Steelers went with Randy Feetner. This is because Ben gets along great with the guy and because the offense won't change very much, if at all. Ben Roethlisberger staying affected what the Steelers did on the defensive side of the ball, too, in my opinion. Keith Butler's defense just gave up 36 points in the AFC Championship game, and then they gave up 38 this year in the divisional round against Jacksonville. I think Keith deserves one more year. But a case can certainly be made to disagree. But Ben sticking around means the Steelers can't start over. Not retaining both coordinators would be going back to the drawing board. The defense did a lot of things last year that could be built upon. T.J. Watt played better than expected. The defense line put up monster numbers. The Steelers' defense racked up the most sacks in franchise history. Hilton became a fine. Cameron Sutton became a fine. Joe Hayden played well. With Ben coming back, you want to build on those things, not start over. One major change was going to be made. They were going to get rid of a coordinator. They got rid of the guy they could get rid of to make sure Ben would come back. You can't get rid of both. And they didn't. Steelers didn't want to lose both coordinators. There are multiple reasons for this, but the Patriots with Brady and the hoodie didn't want to lose Patricia and McDaniels. Steelers with Ben didn't want to start over either. 412-333-9939. 412-333-WXDX. With that being said, are the defensive changes that they've made enough for you? Carnell Lake's gone. John Mitchell has been moved to the assistant head coach. Burns and Davis didn't get better this year. That's on Carnell. Tom Bradley gets brought in. He had a bad year as defensive coordinator at UCLA. Gave up almost 300 rushing yards a game. Everyone's all excited about Bradley. And look, I know Tom. I like Tom. I don't know if he's going to be a good defensive backs coach. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about defensive backs, coach. What I do know is they needed new blood. Carl Dunbar got brought in when John Mitchell was moved to assistant head coach. He'll be coaching the defensive line. Mitch is a damn good coach. I think he'll help Mike Tomlin considerably as a second set of eyes in this more official role. More on that coming up at 4.30. And by all accounts, Dunbar knows his shiz. He just... Coached the defensive line for the NCAA champs, but I don't know if he can do it because, again, I don't spend a lot of time grading defensive line coaches. What I will say, though, again, is that they needed new blood. They needed new eyes. They need people to come in who don't do things the way that the Steelers have been doing things for a long time. Steelers defense gave up 38. And if you're not going to fire the coordinator, then you need some new blood. They got new blood. To answer my own question from before, no, they still haven't done enough. Joey Porter has got to go. 
Gots to go. And I like Joey personally, too. He was a hell of a player. But he had Harrison asleep in meetings. He hadn't made Bud faster, uh, good fast enough. He didn't develop Jarvis Jones at all. Oh, yeah, and he also got in the cop's face on the south side and caused a scene at high school football games. Goodbye, Joey. Up next, the Olympics are on, baby. But the NHL didn't send its players. Pains me to say, but I'm with Gary Bettman on this one. 412-333-9939. It's Adam Crowley filling in for the Super Genius on 105.9.